Welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Thursday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norrison. Whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, listening on Podbean, or listening on Apple, a big thank you for taking some time out of this Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, your Apple, all you gotta do is just share around with others and follow on there as well. Now, X, Instagram, and Facebook. All you got to do is type in Pigskin Frenzy. Follow, like the pages there. You'll get episode updates, news and highlights from across college and NFL football. You'll get trivia questions on today's Instagram stories, don't answer today's, as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Now, NFL Day Today. I just went straight for that, by the way. NFL Day Today went through the intro. Let's get started. We're going to recap Week 9. Interesting Week 9. Uh, by the way, 4-0. If you see me on YouTube, I'm holding up the number 4. 4-0. and I repeat, 4-0. and For the first time this season, when covering and predicting games, I got all my predictions right. 4-0 this week for the NFL. Also, we're going to preview and predict Week 10, the top matchups there. We got a tricky game on tap, guys. A tricky game on tap. And I'm talking about the Texans and the Bengals. Spoiler alert. We're going to talk about that here later in the show. We're also going to you know dive deep into the injury report, the pigskin frenzy NFL injury report, that is. And talk about who's in and who is out this coming up weekend. Subscribe to the channel. Keep plugging into pigskin frenzy on YouTube. Follow and share around with others, please, on Apple, Spotify, and Podbean. X, Instagram, Facebook, all you got to do is just keep plugging in and follow the pages there. If you're pigskin frenzy, just keep plugging in. Now, let's recap week nine of the NFL season. Let's kick it off with Thursday night football. No, 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 not the Bears and the Panthers. We're not talking about that game. We're not covering that game. But Steelers and Titans from last week, that was good. Um, I honestly... Didn't ex- I expected it to be a ten point game for the Steelers? I was right about the outcome, but I didn't really under I didn't really expect it to be even in some matchups. If that's the right word to say, I felt like the Titans on the field going in to Pittsburgh were kind of even with the Steelers, and I-, I thought that was a pretty pretty good, fairly looking game uh, between both teams. Very competitive. So final score, Steelers 20, Titans 16. Let's dive into the stats and then let's go into the game itself. Kenny Pickett, 19 for 30 with 160 yards and a touchdown. Najee Harris, 16 carries with 69 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Warren, 11 carries with 88 yards, three receptions with 25 yards. Deontay Johnson, seven receptions with 90 yards and a touchdown. Connor Hayward, two receptions with 16 yards. And the defense notched four sacks and racked up an interception by linebacker Kawan Alexander to seal the game. Now, let's go with the Titans really quick. Will Levis, 22 for 39 with 262 yards and an interception. Derek Henry, 17 carries with 75 yards and a touchdown. Three receptions with 27 yards. Tajay Spears, Tajay Spears, five carries with 18 yards. Kyle Phillips, four receptions with 68 yards. DeAndre Hopkins, four receptions with 60 yards. Safety, Amani Hooker was the big highlight for this defense as he notched seven total tackles. Now, this like what I mean by this game was competitive. It was competitive in a lot of areas. I felt like, and this is just me, that there was some, there wasn't really much separation between, you know, in each individual area. I felt like Derrick Henry played a good part in this offense. 
But on the flip side, on the Steelers' offense, I feel like the most explosive player that they really didn't have an answer for was Deontay Johnson. I mean, again, seven receptions of 90 yards and a touchdown. He was a big difference maker for this team this past Thursday. And this and last Thursday, he was a big difference maker. So, I mean, when you look at the Steelers, along with everybody else in the AFC North, that's a tight division. A very tight division. We're going to get into that later as we predict a game uh, in the AFC North in Week 10. Probably don't already know what I'm talking about. But I, when you look at the Steelers, they're above 500 as well. They're 5-3 and three now. So when you look at it, it it's, it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting. The Titans, they're 3-5. and five. The Titans are in a scenario right now where I don't think they can really afford to lose many games. So if they want to ha- make something happen this season, they got to win out. But the Titans, uh, three, three and five, they're you know they're two you know two wins away from an even slate, five and five. Uh, maybe it can happen. I don't know. This was a four point win for the Steelers. It was the, the Titans are giving giving the Steel they gave the Steelers a run for their money, and the Titans are giving a lot of you know teams a run for their money in general. So this is a four point game for the Steelers, right? This game proved to be a little bit more even than I realized, and a lot, a lot of other people realized as well when they watched it. So both teams played good. Uh, in the end, the Steelers just got the late interception by by rookie quarterback Will Levis. Will Levis, note on him, he is now named the starting quarterback for the Titans, and Ryan Tannehill is now the backup. So they're going to keep going with Will Levis. Uh, he didn't play too. He didn't play bad. He was throwing the ball well, and he was trying to make you know some of his progressions well. It was his progressions were okay. They weren't the best because he's a rookie. He's, he's he's diving deep into the pro system, right? But he will get there. He will get there. Final score: Steelers twenty, Titans sixteen. Steelers keep it rolling at five and three. The North looking good as everybody is above five hundred in that division, and all of them qualify if the playoffs were now would qualify for the NFL playoffs. Now Titans three and five, still got to work for some stuff. Let's see what happens with the Titans. They need two more games to have a five and five record. Cannot lose too much more. If you want to try something this season for the Titans, you just cannot lose too much more. Steelers 20, Titans 16. Let's move on to the Germany game, the international game. Chiefs and Dolphins. Why was this game why was this game not played in Arrowhead? Big answer. They wanted to avoid the Tyreek Hill booze. They did not want Tyreek Hill to get booed in Arrowhead. So they play, they chose. You know, they you know mutually agreed, but the Chiefs wanted the Dolphins in Germany for their international game instead of anybody else because they didn't want Tyree Kill to get booed. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's some respect and a soft spot for their former wide receiver, right? So that's pretty good. That's that's pretty good on the Kansas City Chiefs. But at the same time, I think it'd be more of an if you want to, you know, for ratings and a much more interesting dynamic. The first game since the trade, he goes back to Arrowhead. That's probably a a good thing right there, but maybe in the future. Who knows? Maybe in the future. Chiefs, Dolphins. I expected this game to be a lot more high scoring. I did not know it was going to be the score that it was, but I predicted the game right. So, oh well. Chiefs 21, Dolphins 14. Final score, Chiefs defeat the Dolphins. Chiefs were up by in the by halftime, 21-0. Dolphins weren't really doing much in the first half. All of a sudden, Chiefs don't score anything in the third quarter. They play some good stingy defense, and the offense gets rolling. They score 14 unanswered in the third quarter. 
and then nobody scores in the fourth, and that's how the game ends. 21-14. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 20 for 30, uh, with 185 yards and two touchdowns, six carries of 24 yards. Isaiah Pacheco, you're going to see when I read these stats, you're going to be like, whoa, this is kind of kind of bleak, right? But it is. It's a little bleak. Isaiah Pacheco, 16 carries of 66 yards. Noah Gray, three receptions with 34 yards. Sky Moore, two receptions with 33 yards. Jarek McKinnon, two receptions with 22 yards and a touchdown. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, two receptions with 22 yards. You can't make that stuff up. McKinnon and Valdez-Scantling having the same sat besides the touchdown. You can't make this stuff up. Rashi Rice, two receptions with 17 yards and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey was not really a factor in this. Three receptions with 14 yards. and But the defense was a big factor. They stepped up in a big way by notching three sacks. Defensive back Trent McDuffie was probably the highlight on this defense. with, the, And he was just a force to be reckoned with with notching 10 total tackles. Now, let's go with the Dolphins really quick before we continue on with this ball game. Because I got an interesting stat for you guys. Tua Tungavailoa, 21 for 34 with 193 yards and a touchdown. Three, two carries with seven yards. Raheem Mostert, 12 carries with 85 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Waddell, three receptions with 42 yards, 12-yard carry. Tyree Kill, eight receptions with 62 yards. Uh, Durham Smythe, three receptions with 17 yards. Cedric Wilson caught a 31-yard touchdown. The defense also notched three sacks, and the defensive line, Zach Sealer, and, uh, was the highlight with seven total tackles. So Zach Sealer on the defensive line was a big Highlight for this team. Seven total tackles, and he, you know, he rushed Patrick Mahomes quite a few bit, you know, quite a quite a good bit in this Germany game, but keyword, but the Chiefs escape with a win. So here's a stat. And I just thought about this just to talk about the Dolphins for a little bit. Dolphins still in the hunt. Probably the most likely, I'm gonna just say, still in the lead you know, in the, in, in, and up there in the AFC East, but they are, they are winning, but against teams that are up there, like the Chiefs, teams that are up there, like the Eagles, they're winless. They're winless against those top teams, against top teams in the NFL, they are winless. They are playing teams that will get them into the playoffs for sure, but against like the Kansas City Chiefs, against the teams like Buffalo, teams like, they're winless. They're winless against those teams. And I think it's kind of interesting. I'm still high on the Dolphins. I'm not changing my tune on Miami. But when you look at it, it gives you something to think about a little bit. It gives you something to think about like, hey, you know, you can beat, sure, beat the Cardinals, not hating on the Cardinals, but the Cardinals are not having that best of a season right now. We can beat the Cardinals, but you but you can back up all your talk there, but are you not going to back up your talk against the Kansas City Chiefs with your offense the way it is? You're not going to back up the talk against the Eagles with your offense the way it is? So it's just kind of interesting to, to think that. I think the Dolphins will get a win over one of these teams eventually. I think they will because they're a good enough team to, and I believe I believe in Mike McDaniel's you know, coaching, and I believe in the organization itself. But... I just found that kind of interesting that they are winless against top teams in the NFL so far. Now, kind of a quiet day overall for both teams. The Chiefs, for sure. The Chiefs looked good in the first half. They kind of slowed down a little bit in the 
second half, I think Patrick Mahomes was, it sounded like, it looked like he was trying to take it easy from after last week's, you know, upset. And not only that, from the flu, you know? I mean, it can take you a little bit to get over. You go to Denver, in the you know, have the flu, and then you got to go fly all the way overseas to play an international football game. It's it, it's hard, you know? It's hard. Sometimes it's hard to be an NFL player, but when you, when you look at everything, they just looked a little bit, stat-wise, and just in the game, looked a little bit slower than usual. Both teams really did. It wasn't really a offensive showcase like everybody said it was going to be and like I said thought it was going to be but hey a win's a win 21-14 Chiefs get the dub and and, and it's it's how it happened it, it, it's just football sometimes right it's just football so uh Chiefs means seven and two I mean they look pretty solid right I mean I think they're they're a pretty good football team uh currently they are ranked numero Uno, number one in the NFL currently, uh, in, in the, not, not just really with stats or defensive overall, but they're the number one team overall in the NFL right now. Defending Super Bowl champions, uh, number one overall, and behind them would be the one loss Eagles. Now, I don't know how if, if it was like college football, I, I, I would you know make an argument for it, but I guess it's pro football, so I can't really can't make an argument for it. But it's interesting, and, and keep in mind. Uh, because Thanksgiving's coming up in a couple of weeks. We're heading for a collision course in Arrowhead. You probably already know what I'm talking about. The e the defending the, the defending Super Bowl champions are going to have a rematch with the Eagles coming up in Arrowhead. They go to Arrowhead. Uh, Super Bowl 57 rematch is happening. It's going to be a collision course. So we're going to cover that game. I already, I'm already going to make a, an executive decision right now that we're covering that game for the NFL. We cover here at Pigskin Frenzy about eight games. Eight games, right? Four college, four NFL, eight games uh, per weekend, right? Um, and that's one of the games we're going we're gonna to be looking at and talking about and pre- previewing and predicting and watching and, you know, being a podcast host per se, that's a big game right there. Uh, it changes the trajectory of the NFL. Uh, the trajectory of the NFL is being put on showcase for us, and this may this is a whole dynamic, right? Eagles, Chiefs rematch in a couple of weeks. So let's get ready for that, man. Final score: twenty-one fourteen. Chiefs beat the Dolphins. Really. Really, that's about all I really have for that game. Uh, it just wasn't the offensive showcase that we saw and we were expecting, but I feel like the Dolphins are going to go right back on track. The Chiefs will also go right back on track. The Chiefs have a bye. They have a bye. The Eagles are also on bye. So we'll see what happens. Dolphins, they'll be okay. Trust me. I know they will. They'll be okay. I believe in Miami right now. So... A game that I really wanted to talk about and we covered last week, obviously, Eagles-Cowboys. I really want to dive a little bit more in-depth into this one uh, solely because I just didn't understand. When you look at it on paper and when you look at it in the game, you're just like, okay, it makes sense, but at the same time, on paper, like, really? So it kind of takes you by surprise. Funny note, I projected last week 28-21, 28-21, Eagles beats the Cowboys. Got it right, 
and the score for the Cowboys was two points off. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? Pat, pat, pat myself on the back, right? Call me Houdini, right? 28-23, Eagles defeat the Cowboys. Similar score, similar outcome. <laughs> I mean, call me Houdini. That's all you got to say. Call me the magic man with these picks, right? Let's go with the stats, and then we'll go with some more stats that caught my eye. Jalen Hurts, 17 for 23, 207 yards and two touchdowns, 10 carries with 36 yards and a touchdown. DeAndre Swift, 18 carries with 43 yards, two receptions with 31 yards. Kenneth Gainwell, three carries with 22 yards and a touchdown. A.J. Brown, seven receptions with 66 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Smith, three receptions with 51 yards and a touchdown. Finally getting him going a little bit. Dallas Goddard, three receptions with 50 yards. I will have an update on Dallas Goddard here later on in the episode. Uh, you probably already know what I'm talking about. The defense played solid solid and very stingy, but also gave up a lot to the Cowboys' offense. Zach Cunningham, uh, Kevin Byer, the new safety, Darius Slay, uh, they all played pretty good, but they also gave up a lot to this defense, to this offense for the Cowboys. So let's go with the Cowboys and we'll talk about the game a little bit. Dak Prescott, 29 for 44 with 374 yards and three touchdowns. Six carries with 14 yards. Tony Pollard, 12 carries with 51 yards, three receptions with 12 yards. C.D. Lamb, 11 receptions with 191 yards. Talking about not getting involved in the offense much. Well, C.D. Lamb's been pretty, according to this, this piece of paper here with my notes, They've been, you know, they've been playing him pretty well in the offense. So Jake Ferguson, tight end out of Wisconsin, seven receptions with 91 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Tolbert, three receptions with 49 yards and a touchdown. Kevontae Turpin, five-yard touchdown reception. The defense gave the Eagles all they had. Linebacker Devon Clark notched 11 total tackles. Defensive end. Edge rusher, obviously. Micah Parsons getting nine total tackles and a sack. And linebacker Marquise Bell racked up eight total tackles. But in the end, the Eagles found a way to get it done. Now, when you look at the game, you can think, I can see why the Eagles won. But what you, well, when you look at it on paper, it confuses you a little bit. Let's go with the stats really quick, and I'll tell you kind of really how the Eagles won. In my estimate, I don't know if you're, you can agree with this. You can, you know, either, you know, take it, you know, take it to the bank or, you know, keep it for safe, you know, safe or give it for somebody else. I don't care. But just in my take on how I feel like the Eagles won this football game, Cowboys total yards was 406. The Eagles total yards was 292. Cowboys passing yards was 333. The Eagles passing yards was 183. Cowboys rushing yards, 73. Eagles rushing yards, 109. Now, in the running game, the Cowboys haven't been running the ball as much, which I don't understand why they haven't been running the ball as much. I think Tony Pollard's a good back, and I think, I think honestly, if they would have ran, ran the ball more, maybe, just maybe, Eagles... Rushing yards, 109. They ran the ball pretty well. Cowboys per play, 5.8 yards per play compared to the Eagles, 4.9 yards per play. Twenty, you know, First downs, Cowboys 27. Eagles only seven under. 20 first downs. Here is the two areas where I think, and this is, I just mentioned it. I just mentioned one where I think the Cowboys 
right? Where the Cowboys lost. Sacks allowed and running the football. Cowboys sacks allowed five. Eagles sacks allowed three. Yes, they got to Jalen Hurts. But the Cowboys gave up five sacks. You can't give up in a crucial game like this. You can't give up five or more sacks. It's not going to work like that. Not only that, you ran the ball 73 times. I felt like if they would have ran the ball a little bit more, they probably would have put the game away and the Cowboys would have upset the Eagles in Lincoln Financial Field. Now, I feel like what it was, what it was in my in my honest estimate, was the offensive line, the battle of the line of scrimmage, and running the football. I feel like it was kind of ground and pound football a little bit and just protecting, you know, Dak Prescott. I feel like those five sacks just got them enough for the Eagles to pull away and sweep by with a win in this one. Other than that, the Eagles on the Eagles on paper lost this game. You're going to sit there and think that they didn't lose. I know they didn't lose, guys. The Eagles won the game. I'm saying on paper, they lost compared to all the other stats. Now, the penalties were similar. I think the penalties really didn't make a difference because they both were the, the 10 penalties for each. So it didn't make a difference. I feel like the line of scrimmage in this game made a difference overall. The Eagles look good still. The Cowboys still look good. In some areas, they need to work on. I would say, like I said, protecting Dak Prescott is a big issue and running the football. I feel like if the Cowboys run the football on offense a lot more, they'll be fine. Their defense, nothing wrong with their defense. They just came across a good team in the Eagles. And the Eagles, 8-1 and one ahead of everything right now. Final score, 28-23. Eagles defeat the Cowboys, 28-21. Or, I'm sorry, 28-23, 28-23. See, I'm still thinking about my prediction from last week. 28-23, Eagles defeat the Cowboys. And when I look at everything, Eagles right now, top team in the NFC, potentially, in my estimate, could be the top team in the NFL. Cowboys still vying for something and still, still, got, some ish, still got some things that they need to work on, but they're, they're getting there. They're getting there. The Cowboys look good. They got a roster, a heck of a roster. Could they beat the Eagles next time they played? Who knows? We just got to figure that out later on. But right now, 28-23, Eagles get the win. Uh, Eagles look good. They played good on defense. They just gave up a lot. They gave up a lot to the Cowboys. And I feel like that's what the Eagles need to work on, giving up a lot of giving up a lot of you know explosive plays. So uh, I feel like that's what the Eagles need to work on there. Cowboys protecting Dak Prescott and running the ball more on offense. Stevens is fine for the Cowboys, though. So just keep that in mind. 28-23, Eagles defeat the Cowboys. Now, moving on, last game we covered before we go to the injury report for Pigskin Frenzy, in a, you know, NFL edition of Pigskin Frenzy's injury report. So 23 minutes, by the way, guys. We are rocking and rolling. We may... This may not be the near 15-minute episode, an hour episode that we go by. We're just covering and going quick, flying by with this stuff, man. Bengals at Bills, or sorry, Bills at Bengals, rather. Game was electrifying, in my opinion. I I liked how close it was. I liked how competitive it was. I thought it was going to be competitive to the jump. 
It was a little bit more low scoring than what I said it was going to be. I said it was going to be 34-31. Bengals beating the Bills because of the home field advantage and because Joe Burrow was just playing like a madman against the 49ers. Well, I was right, but low-key, not right with the score. Final score, Bengals 24, Bills 18. Man, that Joe Burrow, right? That Joe Burrow, ladies and gentlemen, he is fully healthy. He is playing like a madman, and they're five and three. The Bengals have the potential to run the table if they keep doing what they're doing currently. They're on a three-game, four-game winning streak right now. Uh, they they beat the Niners. They beat the Bills. They're now one and three in conference play, which they probably need to get better at. And they're they need they need to win a division game also, but. If they keep playing like they're playing now, the North could still run through Cincinnati. Joe Burrow, 31 for 44 with 348 yards and two touchdowns. Five carries, four yards. That's the classic Joe Burrow that we all know. Joe Mixon, 14 carries with 37 yards and a touchdown. Five receptions with 31 yards. This, uh, And, and I'm going to get into this really quick, but the offense showed that it was just more than just Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase duo. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon got back into the fold. It was a balanced and well-rounded offense that you got to kind of keep up with and, you know, kind of kind of keep an eye on and tread lightly on if you're going to play the Bengals. So Trevion Williams, three carries with 13 yards. T. Higgins, eight receptions with 110 yards. My goodness, T. Higgins had, had himself a night. Tyler Boyd, three receptions with 56 yards. Tanner Hudson, four receptions with 45 yards. Jamar Chase, four receptions with 41 yards. I have an update on him, and we'll get to that later on in the show. Drew Sample, three receptions with 30 yards and a touchdown. Irv Smith Jr., three receptions with 26 yards and a touchdown. The defense played solid and tough with defensive back Mike Hilton notching 10 tackles, linebacker Jermaine Pratt racking up 11 total tackles, and defensive back Cam Taylor-Britt notching up an interception. Let's go with the Bills stats before we break down this game a little bit more. Uh, Josh Allen, 26 for 38 with 258 yards and a touchdown with one interception, eight carries with 44 yards and a touchdown. James Cook, six carries with 20 yards, four receptions with 19 yards. Stephon Diggs, seven, six receptions with 86 yards and a touchdown. Dalton Kincaid has been a force to be reckoned with for this team. He has been playing some ball for this Bills offense. 10 receptions with 81 yards. Khalil Shakur, four receptions with, 40, with 57 yards. And safety, Jordan Poyer and linebacker Tyrell Dodson. They were the highlights for this defense, guys. Uh, Poyer racked up 11 total tackles. Dodson notched nine total tackles. But in the end, they just couldn't hang on to defeat the Bengals. I think it was a close game, uh, competitive. Uh, Josh Allen, you know, of course, is going to be Josh Allen. But the only thing that strikes me about the Bills is, one, can they truly... And this is my question to the Bills: When the when it when when it counts, when the big one, quote unquote, they are a good team, and they got uh, guys. They got a lot of talent in Buffalo, a lot of talent. And Josh Allen, solid quarterback, he has thrown about nine interceptions so far. 
and it's week 10. So that's near an interception, near one or two interceptions a game. Um, and, and my honest estimate is those turnovers and those interceptions could cost you games. I felt like a little bit low-key played into this game when uh, Cam Taylor-Britt picked it off from Josh Allen. I think the Bills are good, but I have questions on whether they can win it all and whether they can win when it counts. I think the Bills are a good team. I think they have the tools to win it all. It's not It's not really... It's honestly not really as if they can win. They can win it. Will they, though? That's the real question. Will they win? And it's not really... I think they can win the big one because they got the tools, like I said. Will they win it? Don't know. Don't know. We're going to find out, you know, again, coming up playoff time. I'm pretty sure the Bills will be in the playoffs. But, I mean, we just got to figure that out later on, right? Will they win it? They got the tools. They got the tools on defense. They got the tools on offense. Yep, they have two big pieces of the offense and defense out due to injury. Uh, But I feel like the Bills are a team where they have the tools still necessary to, and they could win it. Will they? That's the big question about the Bills. Will they do it? Now, the Bengals... Can they or will they? They could, or they probably they probably will if they run the table. Now, if Joe Burrow and this in the in, in the squad keeps playing like they're playing, not only keeps playing like they're playing, keep playing physical football. I would say physicality for this team needs to be on point about every single game, which means protect Joe Burrow, protect him, uh, protect him. You know, not only that, run the ball well, have a balanced running attack, and play some solid defense too. Play some solid defense. Be physical on defense as well. If you wanna, if you want to try to get everybody a Super Bowl in Cincinnati, those are the few things you got to do. Let Joe Burrow cook, protect Joe Burrow, run the ball well, and play good defense. That's the four main ingredients, and that's probably the four main ingredients of every football team, and not in the NFL, but in college or high school, wherever. But for the Bengals, all that has to blend in together, and all of and you have to you make you cook up a big, big success stew or whatever. I don't know. I'm just talking at this point. But you cook up something special when Joe Burrow's going, when he has enough time to throw and make his throws. Now he's gonna get sacked. Some sometimes the line's gonna get beat. The O line is gonna get beat. And that's on any team. You're gonna get sacked. It's bound to happen. But not sacked constantly. The Bengals are playing better football on the line. They're protecting Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow is making his throws. That's why Joe Burrow is putting up 348 yards now and completing near nearly 70 to 80 percent of his passes. It's gonna be hard to beat. Just saying. The Bengals have the tools. They can do it. Will they do it? That's a, that's another big question. Same like the Bills. Will they do it? Who knows? But right now, the Bills, I feel like the Bills can't afford to lose anymore, and I feel like the Bengals can't afford to lose anymore. They're in a tricky spot. Both of them are. Uh, the Bills, 5-4. and four. Bengals, 5-3. and three. Bills can't really afford to lose another spot. Uh, if they lose, they're going to be 5-5. Five and five. 
that's not really a spot you would want to be in near week 10. The Bengals keep it on going. They're going to keep on going. I think they can afford to lose a game later in the season if they win out. Um, but if they lose a couple more early on, coming like coming up Sunday or next week, it's going to be tricky. And you, it's one of those things where you can afford to lose one later, but you can't afford to lose one now. That's the spot that these two teams are in, I feel like. Uh, and no one wants to lose regardless. You want to win out. The goal is to not even lose a game at all. But, you know, you're they're in a spot right now. Both teams are aware. You know, win now, you know, and afford to lose one later in the year. Uh, and I feel like that's a spot that we're in now with both teams. Bills more than Bengals um, because of the extra loss and the extra game, obviously. But five and four, they I don't know if they want to go five and five. That's all I got to say. Uh, 24-18, Bengals beat the Bills. Both teams, they look impressive, but the Bengals are looking to rock and roll. They look solid. Uh, I feel like the Bengals were the better team in that game, and that's what happened. That's as clear, clear as day. I thought the Bengals were the better team. It was home field advantage, and it was hard to not pick the Bengals in this one. The Bills need to work on a little bit more of stuff, uh, playing more consistent ball and not turning the ball over as much is a big key for the Bills at this point and not losing a football game right now at least. So 24-18, Bengals beat the Bills. And we are moving on to the Week 10 re, uh, preview and predictions here coming up shortly. 4-0 this week. In my week nine NFL predictions, that was my recap. Uh, pat myself on the back, guys. Closest game was Eagles and Cowboys that I got right. 4-0. Again, you know, hey, you know, on Elmo, they go, yay, like that. You know, and Elmo you know, starts laughing and goes, yay, and starts clapping and all. Give me one of those. Sound effect anywhere. If y'all want to play that on YouTube, play that for me. Pat myself on the back. Magic Man Houdini over here. 28-21, but it was 28-23 in actuality. Uh, 4-0 also. So, 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 Pigskin Frenzy NFL Injury Report. We're going to go with that. Then we're going to preview and predict Week 10's games. Uh, no other news, really, outside of all of this. Um, I'll keep you guys updated on, on X uh, and the socials for those news and highlights for the NFL. But Pigskin Frenzy NFL Injury Report, Two games, guys. Two, two names that uh was you know out right, and I say out. Sorry, my nose itched. <laughs> out, uh, and and it's one of those things where when you look at everything, uh, it kind of stinks that you're losing them now. But no offense, were they in a position right now to win? I don't know. It still hurts to lose these guys, though. So, big one, Giants quarterback Daniel Jones. He tore his ACL and will miss the rest of the season. Big time, big time bomb. Uh, big time bummer right there. Big time bummer. Because now you now you got to play a backup quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. You have more tough, the tough slate of games for the next 10 weeks, right? And you just... 
it's one of those things where you you would want to have Daniel Jones there. And especially not only it sucks because of that, it stinks because he just came back from his neck injury. It's just not fair, if that makes sense. So, Daniel Jones tours ACL, missed the rest of the season. Prayers and thoughts and, and thoughts are with Daniel Jones as he recovers from this torn ACL. He got an extension. We're going to have to wait and see what happens during the offseason. So, when we look at everything, bigger picture for the Giants, 2024 may start early for them. So, uh, prayers and thoughts and prayers go out to Daniel Jones and his family and friends, the Giants, and uh, hopefully everything turns around, But and Daniel Jones gets a speedy recovery, man. He's a, he, he listen, under the right circumstances, solid quarterback. So, Daniel Jones out for the rest of the season. Vikings running back Cam Akers, just like Kirk Cousins last week, tore his Achilles and will miss the rest of the season. Tough break for both of these guys. I feel awful because it's like we have a, a segment dedicated to the injury report. I don't really necessarily like it, but we got to report on this stuff and we have to, you know, these are some key things that people must know when listening to this show and and, and, taught, and it bleeds into the games, right? Because this is this can affect outcomes. So Cam Akers towards his Achilles and will miss the rest of the season. Told you I have an update on Dallas Goddard. Here it is. Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard fractured his forearm in Sunday's win over the Cowboys. He's expected to have surgery and miss around four weeks. So he will most likely go on IR. Uh, tough break. Because that is a big that's a big weapon of your game plan, a big weapon on your offense. Now you got to move some pieces around around that, and it's going to be tough. We got to see what the what the Eagles do from here on out, but it's going to be tough, you know, trying to replace Dallas Goddard, Goddard for the next four weeks while he's on IR and recovering from forearm surgery. So thoughts and prayers go out to Dallas Goddard, and thoughts and you know and thoughts are with him and his family as well. So Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray. Update on him. He will be back from his ACL injury and make his season debut Sunday versus the Falcons. Interesting. He's coming back. Season debut, week 10, for the, against the Falcons. Coming back with him, Cardinals running back James Conner could be making, you know, could be returning from injury back against the Falcons. So they'll make their return together. Uh, let's see how the Cardinals do now that they got their main, their main guy and their main quarterback back running the offense and, you know, running everything against the Falcons. So Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson returned versus the Cardinals this past Sunday and played solid with 219 yards and two touchdowns. Again, he completed about 63% of his passes. Deshaun Watson, interesting case there. We're going to, we're going to get into that, you know, in the week 10 preview and predictions. Lions running back David Montgomery, he returned for the practice and could be eased back into the fold. Week 10 versus the Chargers. So let's just see what happens there. He missed some time due to a rib injury. Uh, David Montgomery, I'm pretty sure they're going to want to have him back uh, as he is a big part of their rushing attack on offense in Detroit. To a few more before we move on to the Week 10 preview and predictions. 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel has returned to practice. His status is still unknown versus the Jags Sunday, and I'll keep everyone posted on that one. Uh, he, he was evaluated, and he returned to practice, but we do not know if he will play Sunday versus the Jaguars or not. I will keep everybody posted. It's more likely that he will play 
other than Trent Williams. Trent Williams, they're optimistic that he will return soon. There's still no word on him yet. I'll keep everyone posted on X about offensive lineman Trent Williams for the Niners. So I'll keep everyone posted about these two. It's I'm more optimistic about Debo Samuel, just in my opinion, than Trent Williams. But I think Trent Williams is a need. Not just a want, he's a need. He, you need him back. You want him back, but you need him back as well. So uh, real quick, before we, you know, Go on, uh, go on with the week 10 preview and predictions. This is something to keep an eye on. Bengals wide receiver Jamar Chase has a back injury, and it's something to keep an eye on because he did not practice today. You might need him Sunday against the Texans, and I'm going to mention that in uh, just a little bit. You might need him. T. Higgins, the other wide receiver, another option for Joe Burrow, was limited due to a hamstring injury. So he practiced limitedly, but not fully. So Jamar Chase was out. T. Higgins was limited. Uh, Stuff to keep an eye on for coming up Sunday against the Texans. Those are some two key injuries for the Bengals that you don't really want uh, heading into the Houston game. So uh, thoughts and prayers to everybody on this list. Uh, We're going to keep an eye on everything and just keep plugging into the socials. And I will, you know, let everybody know on X uh, what's going down, you know, in the NFL and in college. So week 10 preview and predictions. Let's. Just kick it off, right? AFC North battle. Everybody at 500, if the playoffs were today, everybody would qualify. Browns at Ravens. Deja vu. It's like I picked this game before because I did. <laughs> I did pick this game before. Browns at Ravens. I'm picking it once again. I picked it uh, on the September 28th episode of Pigskin Frenzy. I remember the day, guys. I remember the date. I picked the Ravens to win that game also. I picked them to win close. Uh, last matchup was October 1st. The Ravens won 28-3. So keep an eye on this one. Second game between the two. The Ravens went to Cleveland and beat them 28-3. Now the Browns got to go to Baltimore. Ravens are ahead of the division. Browns are 5-3. Ravens are 7-2. Keys to this game are pretty simple. Uh, the Browns need to limit Lamar Jackson to the offense. I think the Browns have a good enough defense to do that. I think they have a good enough off defense with Miles Garrett and Clowney and a lot of those guys there. They have a, they have they have the defense to do that. Um, question is, will they? That's a big question there. The Ravens, their key to this game is just win the line of scrimmage battle. I would lend the battle up front, beat their defensive line out, and avoid the pressure and let Lamar Jackson and the offense cook a little bit. They cook. We could be seeing another game just like it was October 1st. Who plays better at quarterback is the key for both. I think Lamar Jackson, if he plays like he's been playing, he'll be fine. I feel like this is more of a question for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun needs to play a sensational game here. I feel like I feel like he needs to play a sensational game to, you know, try to cause a little bit of chaos up and up, you know, up north in Baltimore to try to get a lead or try to, you know, get a heads up at least up at the top of the AFC North division. So I feel like Deshaun Watts is going to have to play a good game and solid game here. This is just like how I watched it when they were both in college. Deshaun was at Clemson. Lamar Jackson was at Louisville watching these two battle each other in Clemson. Now they're doing it in the same division in the NFL. Uh, line of scrimmage battle is going to come into a play here. Limiting Lamar Jackson to the offense, that's going to come into play. And who's going to play better at quarterback, obviously, will come into play in this matchup. Who wins this game? 
I got the Ravens. I got the Ravens winning this game close, closer than it was last time. I said that last time too, but I got the Ravens winning the winning this one again. The Ravens defeat the Browns again. I'm going to go by a score of 28-21. Ravens 28, Browns 21. I feel like the Browns will keep up for a little bit, and then the Ravens will run away with it in the end and score late, make it 28-21. Uh, close game. Ravens win it, though. 28-21, the Ravens go to 8-2, and two, and the Browns go to 5-4. and four. Now, two games, three more games here, but these two, next two are pretty tricky. 49ers at Jaguars. I feel like this game is pretty pretty tricky. And I say tricky because the both teams are coming off of bye week. Jaguars coming off of, you know, impressive momentum win against the Steelers, 6-2. and two. The Niners are coming off of a loss. Their third straight loss. Uh, Brock Purdy not been really lighting up, <laughs> lighting up the room as of late. But uh, five and three. Let's see what everything you know, whatever, what all happens. Big issue with this one. It's in Jacksonville for the Niners, and I, I'm kind of curious to see what all goes down. Right. So keys to the game: Trevor Lawrence and the offense needs to find a way to make the edge rushers Nick Bosa and newly required defensive end Chase Young. A non-factor. If you make them both a non-factor and make that defensive line a non-factor, maybe you'll get some plays off and maybe you'll get some big yardage out of those plays. So make them a non-factor. Make not only edge rushers a non-factor, make that defensive line and that front a non-factor. And then the rest will play play out, right? So the key for the 49ers is this. It's pretty simple, and you're going to think, this has nothing to do with the line of scrimmage or uh, you know of the get of the basics of the game you talk about, but it kind of does. The Niners need their guys back, <laughs> and that's the big key here. I think they just need some of their guys back. I think if Debo plays, and not sure about this one, but if Trent Williams can play Sunday, that's a huge factor in because a lot of people do not realize. How much of a factor that Trent Williams is for this 49ers offense? I'm just saying. So uh, they're going to need him back. They're going to need him back soon. And I feel like a lot of their guys need to come back soon and uh, just heal up, take your time and recover. But I feel like the Niners are going to need some of their guys back soon to try to avoid a loss. Who do I have one in this game? Close game. Close game. And I feel like I'm risking it here. But home field advantage is coming to me a lot. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not fully sure that Williams will play, and I'm not fully sure that Debo Samuel will play either. I don't know if they're going to play yet at all. But I feel like physically, that defensive line of the Jaguars are very underrated physically, and I feel like they can get to Brock Purdy without Trent Williams there. Give me the Jaguars defeating the Niners by a score of 24-17. Same, uh, same score that the Niners have, and they can't really escape that 17 mark as of late, it seems like, but 24-17. Jaguars 24, 49ers 17, and Jaguars moved to 7-2, and two, while the 49ers moved to 5-4. and four. Uh, Jaguars surprising a lot of people, especially in the AFC South and in the conference. 7-2, those Jags are, would be, or would be, if they beat, the 49ers. 24-17, giving the Jaguars Sunday. Tricky game there. Bo, uh, I would say the Niners need a win here, but I'm going to pick the Jaguars close. Another game here. 
tricky game before we move on to our last game. Texans at Bengals. Whoa, that's a tricky game, man. That is a tricky game. I say that because if the Texans want to do something this season, they're going to have to win. And I don't think the Bengals would want to lose a game now ahead of what's facing them. So one and three in conference play, one in uh, oh, oh and two in the division. They haven't played the Steelers yet. So oh and two in the division. This is not a divisional game, but this is a conference game. They're going to need to try to win this. Maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully didn't, you know, hopefully didn't affect either, but let's just see. Uh, Texans at Bengals. Tricky game. Uh, for the Texans, they're going to have to win the line of scrimmage battle. Uh, I feel like they're going to have to win the line of scrimmage battle up front, protect C.J. Stroud, and let C.J. Stroud cook. C.J. Stroud had 470 yards and five touchdowns against the Buccaneers last week, guys. 470 yards and five touchdowns. My goodness. My goodness. I mean, he was like a chef out there. He was cooking. Uh, the Bengals defense, this is a key for them. They need to find a way to pressure C.J. Stroud. They need to find a way for C.J. Stroud to not do what he did against the Buccaneers. If you limit C.J. Stroud and, you know, beat, beat out the O-line and put some pressure on C.J. Stroud, make him a rookie a little bit, C.J. Stroud uh, and, and not make him a factor in this game, the Bengals will get the win at home. And... And that's what they're going to have to try to do for this game. I feel like it's a tricky game for both. I feel like the, the C.J. Stroud's been going and playing on a whole, a, a whole other level uh, compared to the other rookie quarterbacks out there. He's been playing lights out. He was player of the week, in my opinion, for the NFL last week. Bengals look good, and the Texans have been looking good. Who wins this game? Again, tricky game. Giving the Bengals because of home field advantage and giving the Bengals because of more veteran presence around that team and that offense looks solid. Joe Burrow is kind of hard to contain when cooking. I know CJ Stroud has been kind of hard to contain when cooking, but when Joe Burrow's, you know, in that space and he's fully hundred percent healthy, he's kind of hard to beat right now. I favor the Bengals close. If Jamar Chase and T Higgins can come back or if one of them can come back, maybe, maybe, you know, Maybe it's a the score will be a little bit different, but I'm gonna go with Bengals, Bengals 17, Texans 10. Bengals 17, Texans 10, and the Bengals get the win over the Houston Texans. Now, the thing I'm I'm concerned about with the Bengals before we move on to the last game, uh, is T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. I think losing Jamar Chase is big, and it's quite it's it's a, a lot bigger than people think. Uh, he's he's a, he is a big part of their offense, and I think if they lose him this Sunday due, a, due to the back injury, um, you're gonna have to yes, you know, make Tyler Boyd and make T Higgins and elevate them up a lot more. And they they showed where they could you know they could win a little bit you know with other guys besides just Jamar Chase this past Sunday. But I just feel like losing Jamar Chase in the long term is not good for the team. And I feel like they need him. They need him on offense for sure. But Bengals get the win here. 17-10, close game. Uh, Texans are going to surprise some people, I think. But the Bengals get the win, 17-10. Last game before we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. We did hit the 50 mark, by the way, guys. Been talking about football so much. Look at the time. We did hit that mark. Lions at Chargers. 
Last game, Lions at Chargers. I picked this game because I'm interested in it. I'm very interested to see what happens. Lions coming off of a bye week. Chargers are coming off of a 27-6 game against the Jets. So the Lions come off of a bye week after beating the Raiders. And the next Monday Night Football game was the Chargers and the Jets. And the Chargers beat the Jets 27-6. Chargers are 4-4. Four four, Lions are 6-2. and two. Now, here is my thing about the Lions. Pretty quick before I move on to the Chargers because I got more to say about the Chargers a little bit. The Lions defense just needs to slow down that offense. I feel like if the defense just slows down the offense, I think a lot will be okay. I do not favor the Chargers defense against the Lions offense currently. Not really up front. I mean, and I do favor, listen, they got the players. They got they got Derwin James in the back. They got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack up front. They in the, and they got Derwin James and Asante Samuel. They got some key players. But I like the Lions offense right now just because of on paper and how they've been looking a little bit on defense. Uh, they play good defense. They play good overall ball against the Jets Monday night. But overall in the season, it's just been kind of iffy, right? So uh, I think if the defense just slows down this offense, I think the Lions could, you know, get another win. For the for the Chargers, Justin Herbert needs to play sensational. He's got to have a consistent and good football game. I think he has had some games this season where he's played good. I've had I've seen some season some games this season where he's not played good. I just feel currently at this state of time, it's been kind of in hot and cold a little bit, and I feel like Justin Herbert needs to play a consistent overall good football game against the Lions defense. This is a tough Lions team. The Lions are coming back from a bye week and they're trying to add a seventh win to their season, seven and two, and try to march their way up to the North and not only to the NFC North, trying to march their way to the NFL playoffs. Chargers are trying to get a fifth win and trying to win out so they can try to do something, right? Justin Herbert needs to play a sensational game uh, this Sunday. Bottom line, he needs to play a sensational game to try to beat the Lions. Who do I have winning this ball game? I think the Lions pull this one out. I think the Lions win by a score of 28-17. I think the Lions win 28-17. Lions 28, Chargers 17, 7-2 Lions, 4-5 Chargers. I think the Chargers need a little bit more. And I feel like they can, like I said, I keep saying this, they could be so much more. They really could, but I feel like a big part of it could come down to coaching. And I feel like coaching is a big part of this right now. And I feel like Justin Herbert is a solid quarterback to be, you know, to not, you know, to not be playing at the level he should be playing at. So 28-17, Chargers. Lose to the Lions, Lions 28, Chargers 17, 7 and 2 Lions, 4 and 5 Chargers Sunday. So those are the games I'm covering. That just about does it for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, and Apple for listening on there. Share around with others and follow on there as well. Now, X, Instagram, and Facebook, just type in Pigskin Frenzy, guys. Uh, just follow, like the pages there. You'll get episode updates, news, and highlights from across college and NFL football. Go and answer today's trivia question on Instagram stories. 
as well as all things of today for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, go enjoy some football this weekend. Some good games coming on in college football. Some good games coming on this Sunday for NFL football. So just go and enjoy this weekend for football. We'll be back Tuesday to recap week 11 of college football and preview and predict the top matchups of college football in week 12. Till then, and I will unveil my frenzy rankings, by the way, for week 12, my frenzy rankings. But until then, I'm Joel Norris signing off. We will see you then, Tuesday. Guys, and for everybody out there, and this is what I'm saying, guys, 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 from what I said last episode, keep on following your dreams and keep on working hard. I got a lot of messages from that. I feel like it was a, a good message at the end. I probably won't, you know, I won't keep doing it every episode, but thank you for the response to that. It truly means a lot. For everybody out there, stay the course.